I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're... The, the Irreverent, Irreverent Nerds! Nerds. Bum, bum, bum. Hello, nerds. Hello, nerds. <laughs> I'm your host, Richard Best, with my co-host, Will Boyer. Boyer, it's Rich. The Frenchman. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's actually it's German, but I'll be French today. <laughs> ah, sprechen. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Sprechen. Do, do you sprechen? Because I, I don't, I don't sprechen. Um, sprechen the English. <laughs> sprechen the English. Uh, actually, I don't know what the German word for English is. Although English is descended from Germanic languages, I think. Well, there's like Indo-European, if I remember correctly, and there's Germanic in there, and then there's like Anglo-Saxon. English is a melting pot language. Like, in a way that I don't know of too many other languages that are. <laughs> nah. So, hey, guys, you got that fact for free. <laughs> so, welcome. Next one. Gotta well, pay. <laughs> that's right. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, you don't have to pay. But speaking of paying, if you would like to support us, we would really appreciate that. Um, I gave a shout out last week to our very first monthly supporter, Lars Desenza. And for anyone else that would like to, like the, you can do it as low as 99 cents a month. You can do 499 a month. You can even do 999 a month, uh, which if you did, we'd be pleasantly surprised and, and give you a big shout out. And I thank you. And we'll have to come up with some kind of gift to like some kind of merch or something like long-term, you know, we'd love to have merch. something, some merch, you know, like a t-shirt or a mug or something along those lines with our official logo. Uh, if, and when we get that commissioned by an, an actual artist, um, you know, I kind of did a temporary mock-up <clears throat> of our new logo, which includes both of our beautiful faces in it now. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, that's podcasting news. Um, we are now officially the irreverent nerds, plural. So no longer is it irreverent nerd. It's the irreverent nerds. And you'll see that change. Those of you who have been listening to us along the way, you've already noticed it. Probably the new logo popping up on you know, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you listen to us and um, the new name uh, officially. I think the only place, let's see, the only place where I haven't changed it yet is our YouTube channel, but that's, that tends to be the last thing I update. Um, just got so many other things going on. It, it's kind of the, uh, the stepchild you know, sitting over there in the corner, you know, vying for my attention and uh, it, it gets it sometimes, you know, <laughs> enough to survive. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, so like I said, if you would love to support us, just go to our anchor profile. It's anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd. That hasn't changed yet. I haven't made that plural yet because I didn't want to mess anything up, to be honest. Uh, so it's anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd. And you can support us monthly if you'd like to. You can also leave us a voice message, uh, which we can include in next week's episode. Uh, feel free to DM us on our Instagram. And our Instagram did change our handle. I just added an S to it. So it's at irreverent underscore nerds. Wow. If you look up at irreverent nerd, it'll probably still come up because I don't know of any other profile that has that name combination. But officially, it is now at Irreverent underscore nerds. And of course, we have our Facebook fan page, The Irreverent Nerds. 
or you can check us out there and uh, follow us, uh, jump in on discussion on any of our posts. You can message us through there. And um, I'm set up now with, apparently Facebook has this new thing. Which I don't know how new it is. It's new to me anyway. It's called the Meta Business Suite. And you can see messages from, you can link Instagram and Facebook accounts. You can see messages from all of them in the same spot. So whether you DM us on Instagram or DM us on Facebook, um, if I'm checking our account through there, I, I can see it both ways. And uh, yeah, give Will a follow too. Like uh, he's on Facebook, Will Boyer. And uh, Will, do you have links to your uh, artwork and stuff up on your Facebook page? Uh, I do, I do. Um, uh, I have, uh, well, if you want to go read my Super Milo uh, comics, uh, that's at www.milocomics.com. Uh, thanks to Tom Gray for securing that website earl for us so many years ago um and uh, i've got comics of uh super milo and my gospel man series on uh indie planet uh i don't know if that's indieplanet.com or indieplanet.us but it's uh, it's indie planet and uh i've got some of my work uh one short story in crackerjack comics uh, on amazon it's an anthology book with other writers and artists uh, and um, there's uh, quite a few other websites on my Facebook, uh, or if you just Google Cartoonist Will, uh, or the names of one of my works, Gospel Man, Super Milo. I don't know if there's any hip hop uh, written by Dan Johnson, illustrated by me up still yet but hopefully we'll get that series out oh that reminds me actually that the first chapter of that series will finally see print soon in a future crackerjack comic i'll tell you all about that when it officially releases though so let me let me get this straight it's called hip-hop it's about a, a rabbit seeking uh to be a movie star in kind of a 1960s anthropomorphic uh hollywood okay uh, <laughs> no, it just struck me kind of funny. It's hip hop written by two white men. No. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> actually, actually, Dan is one eighth Jewish. <laughs> is he really? Okay. Yeah, well, he is. But yeah. Um, but you're right, though. I'm joking. No, no. It's it's obviously it's not that white people can't enjoy hip hop, but yeah, there's some honestly. You know what? I'm not gonna get into that. Um, I do actually enjoy hip hop and I enjoy rap as well, which I've talked about on here before and jazz, honestly, because I just, I really like good music uh, wherever it comes from. And there, there's something about the music that, that came out of all, all, all the pain and, and the heartache that black people in America had to go through for so long, like with, you know, hundreds of years of slavery and then the Jim Crow laws and segregation and just all of, all of the suffering that that sadly you know not necessarily all of our direct ancestors but just broadly speaking you know ancestors of of those of us who are of caucasian descent here in america like inflicted a lot of suffering uh, either directly or indirectly through through a lack of action and there's just some really beautiful and amazing music has come out of oh, all yeah. that all that pain and and um, without wanting in any way to take away from those who created it and, and what they went through in a sense to, 
to come to the place because oh, so much beautiful art come comes out of a place of of pain i think um there's just something about that that kind of hones us in as humans creatively and, and you know i feel like you can't be a poet without having some pain in your life <laughs> it seems to be the case um but yeah there's you know funk and soul music similarly just it, it grabs me man like just the, the raw emotion and 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 the exuberance of it in a lot of ways as well it's just yeah it's 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 good stuff it's good stuff and uh yeah so anyway you got that one for free too <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Uh, that, that being said uh dan and i's comic hip-hop has nothing to do with music it's about a rabbit named hip-hop but yes <laughs> yeah yeah no no no. Uh, no i get it i get it but but i, I love uh I love all sorts of music. You know, uh, one of my uh, black coworkers taught me how to scat once. Oh, really? Yeah. Man in his 60s. Uh, sorry, guys. I got a bit of a cough hanging on that made me laugh. Uh, I would have loved to hear that sometime. <laughs> Will Boyer scatting. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a few years. Oh, man. making it up. I, that's pretty much what he told me. It's just... I don't know. Random sounds. <clears throat> it's been a while since he ta- taught me, and it's not like it was just, you know, on the job kind of conversation. So it's not like you trained me or anything. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 fun. Like I, I think I've now I have not researched this thoroughly, but I've heard somewhere that I, I think one could even make an argument that black people invented rock and roll as well. Oh. Um, that they may have been the originators of of that style of music. Um, obviously, white people like Elvis Presley, you know, took it and ran with it. You know, uh, Buddy Holly and and the like. But um, yeah, I've heard an argument for that. It, again, it's not something I've researched in depth. But I was like, it's like, ah oh, man, yet another amazing style of music and art that has has come out of that. And um, that's not to diminish the pain or in any way to try to justify what's been done and and something I, and I know I know this podcast is for fun like we we're here in a sense to give you a bit of a break from just the, the pain that is going on in the world just to have fun with a couple of guys hanging out but I don't want that to make anybody think that we are not aware of some of the the heartache and pain that's going on such as the, yeah. the shooting um, that happened in Buffalo a couple of weeks ago um just terrible tragedy i mean obviously anytime there's a mass shooting you know it's a horrible thing um but it's it's almost it's worse in a way that it was motivated by by hate and by just yeah just unfounded prejudice um from this young man which is very sad and um i expressed it elsewhere like in in my social media accounts but just you know my heart went out to just the, the victims as well as their families and friends um, we actually that same day um here in winston-salem uh, where will and i hail from um had i don't know that it was racially motivated but we did have um three people were shot and killed that same day um here in our city so it's, it's just i didn't know yeah it happened over on kind of the east side of, of winston yeah. and um I actually heard about it through NPR rather than a local source first, like um, through NPR.org on their, their news site. 
it's one of the ones I check uh, throughout the week as I'm trying to follow yeah. what's what's going on in the world, the war with Ukraine, just all of that. Like, and yeah, they they mentioned um, what happened in Winston that day, and and um, so yeah, it's just it's, it's sad. So um, maybe I'm just not well connected, but I, you know, two different news outlets. Maybe I'm just not paying attention, but think there might be a lot going on in our area of the world that we don't know about yeah i know i, I could go on for a while i mean I, i've heard of sadly our state is is a is is a place where sex trafficking is a, is a pretty big issue i mean we have several major highways that could pass through here like i-40 i-95 wow. we have international airports we have a seaport so we're, I think, last I heard, like number eight in the country for that that form of crime. And uh, it's just, it's really sad. Like some of it happening in our own backyard here. Um, like High Point is particularly known for, for some of those issues. And that's not to bash High Point as a city, but like there's just, there's some history there, um, which is just very sad and unfortunate. But as I said, yeah. um, <laughs> this got really serious. <laughs> yes. Um, which is, you know, again, I, although I, I do have to say, like my wife and I have been watching Ted Lasso. I think we talked, I think I talked about that was last week or the week before. And it, it manages to walk that line of like, there's some very serious drama that's going on in Ted Lasso and yet it's also hilarious and it walks that line almost perfectly which I guess is why it won like seven Emmy Awards this past year like just like without some of that pain like the humor almost isn't it, it's like it it means more or I, I, I don't know quite how to put it um so yeah like I, I think if you if all you ever do is have fun you don't ever talk about anything which is not you know, obviously what Will and I do in our day-to-day life. But, um, but yeah, the main purpose of this podcast is, is to have fun yeah. to kind of nerd out yeah. about stuff. So, so yeah, we're not going to sit here week to week and just talk about all the horrible things that are happening in the world or have happened. You know, that's not the purpose of this particular podcast. Um, but just to acknowledge that there's some, some of that crap going on and um, like we, we hear you, we see you, those that have, have suffered from that. So moving on well i guess uh we haven't done this in a few weeks because we've had guests but uh yeah what's uh, <laughs> what's going on in your life man like um anything exciting anything new oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah i got tons of stuff going on um uh, <clears throat> well um i was supposed to do some research for tonight's podcast but honestly it's been a very busy and sometimes stressful weekend for me um uh my wife and i took a family vacation with her side of the family try to get away get her mind on off of things also it was our 10th uh 10th uh, year anniversary uh so that was nice um mandy had a doctor's appointment last week and uh unexpected unexpectedly stayed out of work today and we went back to the doctor she's out of work now for the next month um mm. we hadn't really talked about that over social media yet i'm not she's not sure if uh, she wants to but you know she's uh 
So I'm not going to share all the details right now. She's just going through a lot right now with her health. Uh, so, you know, anybody who wants to keep her in your thoughts, prayers, <coughs> good vibes, whatever, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, as uh, for me, I'm doing all right. Uh, uh, are you going to get to the what we're watching, what we're reading thing, or should I go ahead and just say that now? Um, no, this part, just, just like what's cool. going on in your life. And then, uh, um, I mean, I guess we could, we could kind of merge it all together. Like, uh, yeah, our main topic, you know, we probably should have said that up front, but our main topic for this week is going to be, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, we'll be diving in a bit to, um, kind of our, our experience with Obi-Wan as, as a character over the years, uh, in Star Wars. And then we'll talk some about his relationship with Anakin, how that developed, and um, what we expect for the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus. Uh, Which I've been very excited about. Yeah, very me too, excited. Man. Definitely uh, one of my favorite characters from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly, like he in some ways rescues the, the prequels <laughs> from Oblivion. Absolutely. You know, his, his character is my favorite part of the prequels. Yes. Absolutely. Mine, too. Absolutely. <coughs> um yeah so i was supposed to uh <clears throat> catch up uh refresh myself on obi-wan but i just didn't have the time this weekend yeah it was so, um what's your, up in your life it was your oh, anniversary yeah. right yeah it was is it eight years of marriage now no 10 10 dang 10 doesn't yeah, we were we were wow. gonna have some sort of renewal of our vow ceremony and stuff, but uh, Mandy hadn't been feeling well. We called it off. Hmm. Ten years. Well, congrats, man. I I knew it had been a while. I didn't realize it was ten. The big yeah one zero. That's that's saying that's a, something, man. That's Maybe. okay. We both got busy with the uh, family life for a while there before we started uh, talking and hanging out do this podcast again time flew by my wife and i it's actually today technically is our anniversary oh Uh, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be celebrating happy um, anniversary we'll be celebrating this coming weekend just for various reasons um we had to wait until uh friday to celebrate but um today is actually our official anniversary so shout out um, I don't know if you can hear her coughing in the background. <laughs> uh, shout out to my, my wonderful wife, Laura. Uh, she She's an amazing artist, uh, mother of four beautiful girls. And just, oh man, like she's been with me through so much. We've been, to, been together for um, almost 11 years now. Uh, we dated for about roughly four years right before we got married. And obviously our seven year wedding anniversary is today. So yeah we've we've been through a lot like it's uh it's crazy to think like i've been oh man yeah been with her over a decade you know and uh congrats yeah man thanks yeah well cool well yeah that's kind of i guess part of what's going on in my life too like um anniversary and and uh yeah and then uh uh 
I'm not going to say who or, or what yet, but there's a, there's a possibility I might get interviewed for someone else's podcast. Uh, Somebody reached out to me on, on Twitter. I was like, Hey man, we, you know, we seem to have a kindred spirits, you know, we should talk. So we're, we're going to do a preliminary conversation tomorrow just to see if, if there's kind of a synergy there. And um, if he thinks it'll work for his, his podcast, I think he's going to have me on just to talk about, um, some of the work I've been doing, like with my empathic ecologist YouTube channel and cool. uh, the blog that I write, uh, also also called Empathic Ecologist. Um, so yeah, like uh, I'll if that comes comes to pass uh, for real, then I'll, I'll let you guys know about it next week and uh, I'll let you know where you can uh, check out the the episode. But that's kind of exciting. Uh, never had anybody ask me to come on their podcast before, so that's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. Um, it's really cool yeah yeah so that that's that's one new thing uh that's going on and um and on my another i guess my my oldest daughter is just about to finish up kindergarten so her first year nice. schools uh is about done it's, it's hard to believe like it's it's gone by very quickly um yeah just i've seen her grow a lot as a as a person you know, as a, you know, her communication skills awesome. have, have improved over this past year. Her social skills have improved. Like, um, I've just noticed her ability to make new friends. Like when we go out to the park and stuff on the weekends, like it's just um, increased, you know, when she's with her, her peers every day. Um, and uh, yeah, like it's just, it's just really cool to like to see her developing and uh, be able to be a part of that. Uh, if, even if just in a small way of making sure she gets to school every day and picking her up and, you know, and all of that, like, and doing homework with her on occasion. I don't have a lot when you're in kindergarten, but, you know, she does get a little bit from time to time, uh, which is kind of cool. You know, I like, you know, I don't always feel like it. And sometimes I'm just exhausted and I'm like, she's like, ah, I don't want to do homework. I was like, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a, it's a dad thing that, uh, it's a it's a it's a privilege to be able to help her with with that part of her development as a human, you know, and um, so yeah, so yeah, it's just a few things going on in my life. So I guess uh, let's see here. And uh, I forgot. Uh, I just finished uh, coloring, co-coloring some pages for Dan Johnson and uh, the rest of the team at Redline Comic Studio. We're shopping for a publisher. Uh, probably going to get that in an anthology sci-fi book uh, with Antarctic Press, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. We'll make an official announcement once uh, that does get bought. Uh, so I just wanted to make that mention. I forgot that that's going on. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think you guys may have talked about that. Was that was that the work that uh, yeah you were, you were showing him on our our. our guys if you if you see the video podcast you, you you'll catch a glimpse of the i think it's in i think it made it into the video podcast oh cool, cool. actually <laughs> oh, sorry guys um you know what now that i think about it it might not have that might have been in the kind of oh. the, pre, the prequel if you will conversation that we had earlier in the day but anyway but yeah it was like it was uh i remember seeing some some aliens in that artwork yeah. so that that's kind of cool Speaking of which, we should do an episode on aliens someday. I just thought about that earlier today. I was like, aliens. aliens. Are they out there? I well, Mandy, and no. <laughs> you got me uh, 
since you told me that there was some free stuff on Prime I didn't know about, Mandy and I have started binging X Files. <laughs> oh, is it on Prime? Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, it's on Prime. That, where are you watching it? That's where it went to. Um, oh, it was on Hulu because uh, Hulu, I guess, is like. <coughs> Man, I thought you were binging it. Um, oh, I didn't we even know it was on Hulu. I don't know if binge is the right word. My Laura and I watched oh, okay. it over like five, six years. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe. It's... <coughs> well, we'll just Man. do a couple episodes at a time or something like that. Yeah, just like you know, that we'd have some weeks where we watch it every night during a week, and, and then other weeks where we wouldn't watch it at all. Just kind of a at our own pace, and um, yeah, we've got. I think well, that's we, what I'm saying. Old, old person binge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More or less, we watched like two seasons per year, more or less. So faster paced than when it came out, but not binging per se. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we just don't have time for that nowadays, um, but no. not not very often anyway. Um, how, about, how about we're focusing on X-Files right now? Cool. <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah, I actually just picked up uh, season one on Blu-ray. Oh, um, cool last week uh the um mckay's had it for just 11 dollars, and i was like oh man i don't know if i can pass that up so it's like the entire all 24 episodes of the first season on blu-ray and um so i think if you get the full series it's like 250 dollars or something like that because it's like 11 seasons long. <laughs> so i don't know that i'll ever do that but um like the only the only full series i own is star trek the next generation um that's it. Like, uh, never bought a full series of any other TV show up to this point. Um, and I think I got that one on sale, uh, but it was still a nice little chunk of change. Anyway, still there, man? Can you hear me, Will? William? Well, I lost Will. I'm going to pause this recording. Hey nerds, Richard here, taking a moment to talk to you about the podcast. If you have enjoyed one or all of our episodes, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and or follow us. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google, and Apple. Uh, if you're listening on Apple, please take a moment to leave us a review. It really does help. And let your friends know as well. Shout it from the rooftops. Come on, you know you want to. All right, and we're back. After these messages, we are right back. Who no. <laughs> likes bratwurst? I like bratwurst. Skinny kids love bratwurst. Kids look out love bratwurst. I don't Sorry. remember that reference. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm assuming it's from the '90s. No, <laughs> it might. Oh, okay. Mine was from the '90s. It was. Um, do you remember like? Do you remember in the 90s when they used to have, like, it was, oh, what was it? Felix the Cat would come on. I think it was on ABC, like, in between commercials. Oh, the, uh, like, that, like that really weird version of Felix the Cat with the magic bag? I, I guess. Like, it was, like, a just this really short, like, I think that was maybe, CBS, wasn't it? Could be, yeah. This is a little short 10-second segment, like a segue between the episode and the commercial. So it'd be, like... I might be getting the the audio mixed up with something else, but I just remember something in the 90s have been like, 
after these messages, we'll be right back. You know, that kind of thing. That could have been anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I might be any mix of had some stuff like that, too. I do remember, I think on some of my old VHSs, where I recorded episodes of Garfield and Friends, uh, the little Felix the Cat thing was on there. Like um, It was like right before wow, each commercial. Epic. And then it would have a, just a really brief thing right after returning from each commercial. I wonder what would happen if Felix the Cat and Garfield met. Hmm, I don't know. Perhaps they have in another universe. Speaking of speaking of universes, maybe someday we could have like a, a real like you know science episode on the possibilities of the multiverse existing. Blow <laughs> my brain. Like, yeah, you know, speculative. Maybe we could get into string theory, you know, something wild like that. Um, I'll eat string cheese while we talk about it. <laughs> yeah. No, but I do want to do that. Like, I thought of like, like maybe once a month we do, whether it's a segment or maybe an entire episode of like, kind of like a, a more, like where we nerd out about something sciencey, you know? Like, uh, um, yeah, because I like, like dinosaurs. Hey, yeah. Yeah. We, we could get into, um, I'm sure there's an official title of it, paleontology. Yeah. yeah. We could get into paleontology um obviously we're going to talk about dinosaurs uh when we go see jurassic yeah world the yeah. next the final we're the final out. chapter or whatever <laughs> together uh next month so yeah you consider cryptozoology as a form of science <laughs> well, i don't know if that counts as cryptozoology that's like um zombie zoology no it's like bring bring extinct creatures back to life no i mean we could talk about cryptozoology i just don't know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. string theory i don't either to be honest with you um but i could <laughs> i could i could learn oh, okay anyway let, let's let's get to our main topic you know so obi-wan what uh what my friend is your first memory of obi-wan kenobi well obviously episode four uh I uh, got into Star Wars in the 90s when they re-released the films in theaters, the uh, special, special, um, the one where George Lucas said go back and add a bunch of new special effects and stuff. So I saw, I saw the original trilogy and then owned them on VHS uh, before the prequels came out. Oh yeah, like where he added, um, was it a couple of CGI animals, like walking behind yeah. you like like on the tattooing they he fixed know. uh palpatine so palpatine was consistent with his appearance in the third film ah okay okay yeah he um palpatine appeared in a hologram i think in episode one i think hmm but yeah a bunch of different stuff uh i don't remember what they added that scene where han solo steps on jabba's tail oh yeah yeah that wasn't in the original yeah, no, I do remember seeing that. I'm like, ob- I mean, obviously the yeah. they filmed the scene, but then like, was Jabba like was the Jabba puppet not there? I, I did wonder about that. I was like, because he's obviously talking to Jabba, but it's like, did they deep fake yeah. it? Because it, it looked like they actually filmed it bit. with Harrison Ford, but well, then they obviously did. they added in CGI Jabba, 
And, um, but maybe Puppet Jabba was there. I mean, who knows? Well, actually, um, at that stage, I mean, George Lucas didn't even know if he'd even get to make a second Star Wars or not. There was a lot he didn't know. He didn't know he was going to make Darth Vader the father of Luke and Leia. He just didn't know Luke and Leia were siblings yet. You know, that just wasn't in his scripts yet. You know, he just he hadn't decided or planned that yet. So actually, I don't know why the, the that scene was cut from the original Star Wars film. Uh, when it was just plain called plain Star Wars, there was some episode number or, or subtitle. But what I do know is that that point, Jabba the Hutt was just a dude. He wasn't a big slug thing. He was just a human. So anyway, so there was no puppet yet because that hadn't been decided. Uh, I see. I see. So he might have actually been interacting with an actor. Yes. Potentially, and they they just CGI'd the actor out. And, and there's one thing I, I hate about that scene, though. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed how Harrison Ford, when he steps on Jabba's tail, uh, Harrison Ford looks real weird when he does that. Mm. I'd have to go back and watch it again, but yeah, yeah it, it did seem a little, you know, how your eye just recognizes the uncanniness, like when it doesn't oh, quite. Yeah. Um, well, uh, obviously the actor didn't really bounce up in the air step on Jabba's tail because there was nothing to step on in the original. Right, no, right. Yeah, that was just real weird. Yeah, so so episode four was your, your first experience with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Did you did you did he seem like wise and, and ancient? Yeah, I really liked the character, although I have to admit, um okay, well that was like Alec Guinness, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Alec Guinness. Uh but I think that I didn't truly fall in love with that character until Ewan McGregor played him. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I did like I did like Obi Old Ben Kenobi in the original though. I I probably have to agree with you. Yeah, I think Ewan McGregor like like took the best parts of of Guinness's oh, yeah. performance, if you will, and just added his own flair to it as only Ewan McGregor can. And I, the dude's just so charming, you know. It's like I mean, what is it? What is it about actors from Scotland? You know. <laughs> It's like you have Ian McGregor, you have um, uh, my wife was just watching X Men: Days of Future Past yesterday, and you have um, oh dang it, can't think of his name right now. The guy that plays Charles Xavier, Patrick Stewart. No, oh, you no, mean the younger no, guy, the young, young, young Charles Xavier. I don't know. Deadpool's still confused. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I oh, wish I could it. remember that exact quote, but I'd know the other actor's name. But I don't. I can Google it. I cannot think of it right now. Uh. That's what happens when you're tired. But anyway, but but he's from Scotland as well, I believe. And of course, you have Gerard Butler, you know. James McAvoy. James McAvoy, that's right. There we go. There we go. Yeah, he's he's really good. If if you haven't seen his performance in Split, uh, it's it, it's oh. worth watching Split. I mean, it's pretty good on its own merit, but it but you know, really, you're watching it for his performance in a lot of ways. Like he plays like six or seven different characters in that movie. I saw anyway. glass. Honestly, I didn't even realize that was James McAvoy until you told me just now. Ah, yeah. Well, we're um we're getting off topic again, <laughs> as yes. we as we do. So I had a note here, like so I rewatched 
So here's a bit of history for you and I in regards to Obi-Wan and just Star Wars in general. Um, <laughs> apologies again, guys, for the coughing. Like I've had this cough that's been hanging around for two weeks and it's just acting up tonight. But um, Will and I, this was either the first or the second movie we went to see together. Um, I can't remember if this came out before or after Batman Begins, but that same summer we saw, we went to see Batman Begins together and then we went to see Star Wars Episode 3 together, summer of 2005. And obviously, and that for me was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. Um, For me, as I growing up, as I've said before, I didn't go to theaters, although I, I would have been I wasn't, except for, actually, I, honestly, I don't know. I think I might have been able to go to Return of the Jedi um, while I was still in the womb, uh, or perhaps, <laughs> perhaps an, a, a newborn, because uh, I was born in 83. Um, but I don't, I don't know exactly when it released that year, so, but somewhere in there, I could have... <laughs> <clears throat> i could have gone <laughs> if i cough no one will notice <laughs> we're all coughing oh man <laughs> um but anyway but yeah so that for me that was my first experience seeing star wars on the big screen and uh, you know even even though some of the dialogue is clunky because george lucas decided to to not hire a screenwriter this time around really not that I, yeah like the prequels he decided not only to write the story himself but also to write the dialogue himself so it's it's, it's, it's a little clunky but oh, you know, right. but we were talking about Return of the Jedi, right? So did it start with episode? Oh no, 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 no. Episode three. How? Sorry, oh, okay. sorry. I transitioned okay. back confused. to episode three. My apologies. Um, but yeah, but you and I went to to see that together, so we got to see the yeah. the, the epic battle between Obi Wan and Anakin up there on Mustafar, and uh, like that was that was pretty cool seeing cool. that in in theaters, like. To, you know, dialogue aside, you know, you just get, you get Star Wars. So you just you get caught up in the story, you know, and it's just like you're you're excited just to be back in the Star Wars universe again. Oh, yeah. You know, even 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 with the problems that the prequel movies had, like you know, it's still Star Wars. So. I know which which prequel movie was your favorite? Hmm, I'd say it was probably that one. It's probably Episode Three. Yeah. I think. Like of the three of them was probably the most engaging. Although I did really like the Obi Wan storyline in Episode Two, um, cool. where where he goes to um, the planet where they're making the clones, and he has the the fight with was Jango Fett. You know that was yeah, that yeah. was pretty cool, and just where he's kind of playing detective through a good portion of Episode Two. Um, I liked that, like, um, and even even the I fight did. I did too, like him and Anakin their fight with with Dooku and uh, his interrogation cool. by Dooku. Yeah, I, I thought he was definitely the highlight of episode two. Um, so, I, so I enjoyed a lot of a lot of episode two, but I think as a whole, probably episode three was my favorite of the first ah, three. Cool, cool. I think, I think it's fair to say. It also had the least amount of Jar Jar Binks in it. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's definitely that's a plus uh, right there. <laughs> yeah, like the only the only point at which he appears is uh, in the um, at the very end at Padme's funeral. He's in the procession, you know. He like wipes away a tear, and uh, but he doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't. But Ahmad Best yeah. still got still got credit in the. Uh, <laughs> uh, he still got billing in the end credits, even though he didn't say anything in the movie. <laughs> he, he made a sniffle noise and got in. Yeah, <laughs> Ahmad Best made and actually he might have been there on the set 
now that I think about it. Cause I think he, I think he was wearing like a, you know, like a gray man suit with a, like a prosthetic Jar Jar head or something, you know, just to give actors, the other actors a point of reference. And so, so I think he did actually, that had to have been surreal. Yeah. Being, being, a being a, <laughs> like an episode one, you know, being there like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, you know, talking to this dude in a gray suit with a, a fake Jar Jar head <laughs> wearing it as a hat. Like I've seen a picture of it. Like it was, yeah, he's basically like wearing it as a hat. It's like a hat. That's hilarious. So like, Is that what he's so tall? Yeah, it's like it was well, like a head on top of the actor's head. Um, but that had been a little surreal, like trying to act with, you know, like, like you're here standing next to the actor, and and um, you know, he doesn't look like his Jar Jar voice sounds. Obviously, he's like me. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, he's just. Like, <laughs> Probably probably is about as weird as as uh as Gollum in Lord of the Rings, like because yeah, Sorkin... I was thinking Gollum, I really was. Yeah, because he he was like there on set, yeah, you know, acting it all out, um, in a in a weird rubber suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I imagine the Jar Jar one was a lot weirder to act with, <laughs> but yeah, probably. But anyway, so like maybe we could talk some about the evolution of of obi-wan just as a character yeah. uh, you know starting back from his uh his little mini ponytail days um i know there's a name for that what what do, what do they call that thing the, 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 the jedis wear well it, i believe it's based on the top knot of the samurai in yeah. japan uh as george Lucas was inspired by the kirikurasawa films uh but I am not a hundred percent sure what they call it in Star Wars universe. Not that it's that important, but I know there's a name for it. But like the little Jedi tail or whatever, like he has it in Episode One, and then Anakin has it in Episode Two. And then, but only the Padawans have them, right? Or I think so. Yeah, when you're still when you're still technically a Padawan, you're not a master yet. Um, although Anakin's not a master in the third film, but um, but he's gotten rid of it, so I guess he's like he's advanced enough that that he's not necessarily a padawan per se but (laughs) but not a master either so but yeah you have like obi-wan like defeats darth maul in the he's pretty badass like he defeats darth maul in in the in the first film oh yeah he like takes on jango fett in a spaceship in you know or at least with his mandalorian outfit like his uh, armor and stuff like takes him on and then in the third movie obviously you know has begrudgingly has to defeat anakin but yeah he's 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 pretty powerful although he he didn't do much against dooku in the opening scene (laughs) (laughs) he just gets thrown to the side then Dooku like pulls a, pulls a whole platform down on him, which somehow didn't break his legs. Like I saw that, like it looked so fake. Like the CGI part of it's like, how did that not break his legs? Like Anakin just comes over and like pulls it up, and then Obi Wan just like once he wakes up, he's he's fine. <laughs> I was like, how did that not break his legs? Anyway, side no, note, no movie magic. <laughs> I, I guess it looked like it would have broken his legs. So I looked up the uh, Padawan top knot, and it's simply called a Padawan braid. That's all the information I can get. 
It's like there's there's no neat name for it. It's just a braid. <laughs> that works. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um. So what? Uh, here's our. What's your what's your favorite phrase that Obi Wan says? That's no moon. <laughs> I I said that Friday night. Did you? Yeah. Definitely a popular pop culture quote. Mandy and I were, on, my wife Mandy and I were on our drive out of town, vacation after, late after I got off work Friday night, and uh, I was I was tired and not not too tired to drive, you know, you know, a little tired after work and stuff. And we started driving up to this bright yellow oval, and I was like, about open my mouth and I, I stopped and I was like. You know, for a second there, I I thought that Bojangle sign was a moon, but that's no moon. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Very nerdy. <laughs> but uh, oh. I love how we can just pop pop culture phrases and quotes into our everyday lives to annoy people. <laughs> So, um, sorry, I had to mute myself for a minute there, or I, I thought I muted myself. Um, you guys are gonna hear baby noises now. Um, some holding, holding my youngest. So that's that's not me making weird noises. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I didn't know. You were muted for a second there. I was trying to, or would have said more to fill the space. So here's here here's a question: Should I've seen memes about this, but it's on a more serious level. Should Obi Wan have trained Anakin? Should Anakin have been trained at all? Yeah, that's another question. It's like because he did ultimately bring balance to the Force, but he he caused a, a heck of a lot of pain and, and death and suffering in the right. interim in the interim it was like would it have been better if they had just sent him back home <laughs> and i don't really understand that whole prophecy about balance of the force maybe that's mostly from the legends material because i feel like it's not very fleshed out in the actual prequels that's a fair point like like even even in obviously even in return of the jedi where he kills the emperor but not really apparently not really um it's like how did that bring balance to the force when it defeated both of the sith so therefore wouldn't the force not be imbalanced well you know <laughs> a lot of fans talk about that they debate that uh what does it mean i mean when i was a kid i thought bring balance to the force um I became a Christian in my mid-teens. I'm not really sure what I thought balance was before then, but uh, I, my memory, I don't know what age I was, but my memory of balance, and I'm sure I started watching Star Wars before I became a Christian, but what I'm trying to say is my American Christian or otherwise brain interpret that as some sort of good thing where they got rid of the Sith, you know, because in my mind, like evil and darkness brings imbalance. But these films were based on middle uh, 
far eastern religions and uh, ideology i think so wouldn't that be more yin yang balancing the forces mm -hmm. you can't have light without dark yeah that's that's kind of what it's kind of what i was thinking i was like um do you i mean in some sense like yeah it's just like how did he specifically bring balance because like you have the broader concept of of balance picking up the, some the light. is that me or you um oh it's gone know. now oh, okay yeah i'm not sure um but yeah the broader concept of like the light and the dark that both both are in a sense natural like they're both naturally a part of the force and yet on the ground in the films like you still have villains and heroes you know you still have the young yeah. ar archetype of the of the the young hero in in luke and um you know so it's, it's 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 almost like a it doesn't quite stay true to any one idea in there it's it's like a, a synthesis in a sense of of several ideas you know and obviously you know lucas wasn't specifically trying to promote buddhism or specifically trying to promote Taoism oh, or no. hindu or what have you he borrowed from a number of different mythological and, and entertainment traditions um just brought inspiration you know as really i mean anyone who creates anything in a sense that's what we're all doing you know we're or um borrowing for what has come before you know um even as we add to it you know in our own unique way but, uh, but yeah uh getting back to obi-wan himself and i was thinking some about the relationship between him and and anakin yeah and, um, so obviously you know he does out of loyalty primarily i think out of loyalty it seems to to qui-gon and and qui-gon's um i don't know if prophecy is the right word but like qui-gon's rec recognition of uh, of anakin's specialness i guess like um obviously with the the high midichlorian count and all of that like he recognizes the the potential there and so obi-wan carries on that in honor of his his master qui-gon so like but they kind of become like um especially you see it especially i think in the beginning of episode three and you see it some in episode two as well they kind of become more like a older brother younger brother relationship almost yeah um i love that part yeah even though he calls him my young padawan sometimes more so in episode two um like he, he does they do kind of become brothers you know a lot of ways uh, which i guess is what makes the, the ending so tragic of of episode three yeah you know i'm really looking forward to the new disney plus series because after they laid the groundwork for the prequels i mean george lucas when he wrote the original star wars he didn't know darth vader and anakin Skywalker were the same person he hadn't decided that yet but I've all with the prequels um, for some time now, having been put into the canon, uh, you would expect a lot more from their meeting in episode four. So, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's where I mean, obviously, you know, you can try to retrofit, but yeah, like you do see him echo it. Um, I think Obi Wan refers to anakin as old friend when they the last time they see each other when they're when they're still friends um 
And then obviously an episode that was a call out to episode four where I think it's Obi-Wan that says that. It's like it's like hello, old friend. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, actually now that I think about it, they do have some exchange there. I but I've re- I've read and heard that supposedly George Lucas didn't know that was Anakin yet, but yeah, you're right, you know, I am the master now, you know, stuff like that. That was that was in that scene. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't watched episode four in a bit, but yeah, I remember what you're talking about. Like and um another interesting, and this is something I wanted to bring up about I wonder if they're gonna explore this in the series at um at the end of episode three. Uh, Obi-Wan sits down with Yoda and uh, I think they're there on um, the um, Andorian cruiser I think and um, and uh, Yoda tells him that Qui-Gon has found a way to I think to gain immortality uh, through the force and Yoda says I will teach you how to commune with him yeah so I wonder if they're going to explore that some in the series, like him interacting with Qui-Gon. I, I haven't heard whether I so. Liam Neeson is going to be in it or not, but that would be kind of cool. That, like that he, would be cool. If he has some conversations with Qui-Gon. Um, I was actually just uh, reading up about that. Uh, I have not seen all of the Clone Wars cartoon or Rebels uh, I'm like maybe two seasons in the Clone Wars, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Qui-Gon discovered some sort of way to come back as a Force ghost uh, before he died. Maybe maybe he didn't truly master it, but he was reaching out to Yoda during the Clone Wars. And so uh, I forgot that that was actually in Revenge of the Sith. Um, yeah, I, I had yeah. forgotten that. I'd forgotten that as well. And Having not watched Rebels, like I, I wonder if they do explore it some in Rebels because I think Obi Wan is in Rebels. I'm not sure how much because yeah. I, I have yeah, not watched is. the series. Um, I don't know, at least one episode. I'm not so yeah, sure. like those of you who are are more hardcore Star Wars nerds than than Will and I who who have watched every episode as it's come out, feel free to to jump in and, and share your voice messages. Um, oh yeah, and your thoughts about the upcoming series, what you what you think it'll be like. Uh, what do you think they'll they'll cover? Um, the first two episodes drop on Friday, Ooh. and uh, then after that it'll be um, just one episode a week up until I think I just saw the release schedule today. I think up until June twenty second. So there's going to be <coughs> six episodes total, uh, from what I've heard. So yeah, it's just really cool. It's like I love this mini series format that Disney's doing with both Marvel and Star Wars. Like, um, it's just like you get a you almost get a movie you know like every week or basically every two weeks is a full movie and you get like three of them three or four of them it's just yeah it's it's really cool the production level is always good you know so i'm looking forward to to seeing what they're what they're going to do with it um oh yeah definitely i'm looking forward to more star wars been burnt out on the superheroes yeah it's 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 nice to to mix it up yeah. a bit yeah because yeah that does get that does get uh old eventually especially if you 
which I guess is why Marvel is trying to go off in different directions. Because yeah. I did, I did enjoy Moon Knight. It's, it's, it's very, even though he's still sort of a superhero, it's a very different, very different tone, and he's a very different type of hero in a sense, like almost an anti-hero. Um, well, not quite, I suppose, but um, but yeah, I was just thinking, thinking back on on Obi Wan, like some of the aspects of his personality that i enjoy like um obviously there's the classic like hello there you know like and i think he says it like when he's going after the general grievous in episode three and he just like drops down into the middle of a bunch of droids right in front of grievous i think he says it there he's like hello there (laughs) you know he's just got that kind of coy, coy smile and um, and even when 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 he finally gets to engage with Grievous, like you know, he does the you know the Obi Wan pose with his lightsaber, you know, where the two fingers pointed at his his opponent, and uh, he just has a smile on his face. He's like, "I'm going to enjoy this." <laughs> it's like, well, he he seems to, I, not necessarily. I'm not saying like he enjoys killing people so much as he. he should, Sorry there. It seems to enjoy the um, the sport of it, I guess, or the, the the contest, which maybe he's not supposed to. Maybe that's like a form of attachment, Obi Wan. <laughs> what do you think of that, by the way? The the idea of non attachment, as you see it in like the Jedi. Well, um, Jedi funny way. you would say that. Um... Because while you're talking, I'm trying to listen, but I'm also been reading some cheat sheets on Obi-Wan uh, since I didn't have time to catch up. I'm reading StarWars.com news, you know, slash news, slash Obi-Wan Kenobi, everything you need to know. And I'm reading some stuff on CBR, some secrets about Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, dark secrets, which oh, CBR is not always, they're not really that dark. Uh, C- CBR... It's not always accurate in their information. So, but but I didn't read, much, read or see much of this, so I can't say whether or not this stuff about Obi Wan is correct or not. Anyway, um, we're talking about non-attachment. That's a uh, obviously something I knew about before reading these cheat website, cheat sheet websites, as I call them. But but I was just reading up about that. Uh, now you informed me about this. Um, do you do you uh do you want to you know because Anakin we know from the movies he uh he became attached to uh uh shoot dang it Leia, Leia and Luke's mom what's her name that's a new Star Wars character shoot dang it <laughs> shoot dang it yeah Padme <laughs> uh, Anakin falls in love with Padme so um yeah Obi Wan. I don't yeah, know if that's where you're going with this, but yeah, he had, is, he, had I, he had an almost fling. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to to, to tell him about it because I didn't know what you knew. Yeah. Well, I just found out. A, well, I think I had heard. I know, like, I don't know if they'll explore this in this series. Like, there is a book in the expanded universe called Kenobi. Now, I've not read it, but I, but I have listened to a podcast. Uh, shout out to the uh, Star Wars. Sorry, my daughter's making noises. Um, they're cute noises though. Cute noises. 
I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> it has I derailed. Know, I don't know how to pronu- pronounce her name, but at the time she was the Duchess of Mandalore. Yeah, yeah, that's a. I just watched the. So I looked it up on uh, game gamerant.com. They had a list yeah. of ep- episodes that you should watch before watching Kenobi. And one of them was uh, the Mandalore plot um, from season two of, yeah. um, of uh, um, oh, so I haven't finished season two then yet. Okay. I, I'm on season two, but I haven't gotten there yet. So I know I haven't seen this episode. Well, I jumped ahead. Like I jumped to that episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it does deal with like his, and I think the follow-up episode, like the following episode, does as well. Which I haven't finished that one yet, but I did watch the full um, Mandalore plot, and you find out that that he had an attachment to yeah the Queen of Mandalore, um, Satine, I think her name is. Yeah, Crease. Can you still hear me? Yeah. But um, okay. But yeah, that, I, so that's cool. So I don't know if they'll explore any of that, those themes at all. But oh. I know in the book, which I believe does take place in a similar time period to the series that's coming up, I think he does also have. Um, I don't know if he has an official relationship, but he does have some degree of attachment with with someone there on on Tatooine. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but that's in the expanded universe, so it's right. It's not necessarily canon. Well, they could always draw on it, uh, but change it around a bit. Uh, now, this Crease character, Crease Christ, what's what's her name? How do you pronounce her name? Uh, I don't know. Satine was the the queen from uh, the Mandalore plot, but I, I'm yeah. not sure who Crease is. Oh, that's her last name, Satine Crease. Oh, I see. Now she appeared. That character actually played by the same voice actress from the Clone Wars appeared in the Mandalorian. Ah. Okay. Uh, so that's that character. Uh, she's trying to get the dark saber. Do you remember that? Oh, is she the she the one that was down there in the like heading? She was like the head of his. No. No, no, no. She's the uh, the uh, Mandalores that take off their helmets and startled. Oh, so uh, she's the one like the um, Katie Sackoff, the actress from Battlestar Galactica. Is that her I character? Think so. Ah, I'm gonna go back and watch that now. Yeah, so that's yeah. the character that Obi Wan had a brief fling with of attachment. Now, you ask me what I think about attachment. I mean, I don't fully under know how what to say about that other than it's weird uh the jedis aren't the only religion based around the force i guess you could say the sith is another religion based around the force mm-hmm. um that's true yeah yeah in a uh, sense. and the uh knights of rin is another religion based around the force or order or whatever maybe they're more like templars than religions i don't know but uh some sort of warrior. Yeah, which warrior side note, fight. their fight with Kylo was lame. <laughs> yes, I know. They're, yeah, like they, they weren't very formidable. I, I have some complaints about the sequel trilogies, but we'll say that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll but, talk about that another time. Uh, yeah, but um, 
Oh, what am I getting it? What I'm trying to say is that you, you didn't love the blue milk, Will. No, no, I was fine with the blue milk. <laughs> I had issues with other things. <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite memes is uh, him milking him some blue milk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But um, shoot, dang, I've lost my train of thought. Okay, the attachment thing was a part of the Jedi religion, and I'm not sure if it was especially beneficial for the Jedi. Uh, and someone pointed it out. I don't know if I read it on social media years ago or where I saw it, but someone pointed it out to me that the the Jedi uh, were allowed to have sex. They just weren't allowed to form... It's weird. Form an emotional attachment. Uh, we're down. We're down to about one minute here. Okay. We'll on our Zoom. But uh, I don't know. It's confusing. I'm not sure how to feel about their attachment. We'll move on, uh, or lack <laughs> of attachment, I should say. Uh, my my basic thought is, it's unavoidable when your comrades in the Jedi Order, and also, um, I mean, the Clone Wars cartoon does tackle that whole attachment to fellow jedi but but i don't yeah. know that it's beneficial that's what i'm saying i thought luke was more balanced but the new book of boba fett put that on its head and showed a luke that was more traditional like the prequels that was confusing to me but uh yeah yeah that's it that's my thought yeah i guess uh, i'll finish with a, a yoda quote here yeah um, he says to um anakin i think he's like the fear of loss is a path to the dark side. Death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those who have been absorbed into the force. Mourn them do not. Personal Log December 25th, 2023 International Space Station, somewhere over Europe. We did it. We we finally did it. I, I didn't believe. No, I, I didn't want to believe we would do it, but we did. I was just trying, just trying to get a glimpse of Paris at night. It can be so beautiful at night. My wife, my wife and I spent our 10th anniversary there. We were supposed to go back this spring for our 15th. God. I hope she's okay. <laughs> to be okay. I saw the first cloud erupt over Finland. At least, I think it was Finland. God. The flash was so bright. I had to turn away from the viewport. It chilled my eyes. I've never seen one live. I hope... had hoped 
I never would. But that wasn't the first. When I looked again, I saw another cloud forming over what looked to be the Black Sea, then New York, Moscow, London, Tiumen, Los Angeles. It kept going. What have we done? What have we done? Christmas in Space was written and performed by Richard Best. Music courtesy of rfsoundtracks.com. Hello, this is Cartoonist Will, and welcome to another Japan John. Now, on today's Japan John, I finally have a proper microphone hooked up to my computer, so, hoping for a lot better sound quality. Now, on one of our previous podcast episodes, Richard, Zach, and I talked about Dragon Ball Z by Akira Toriyama. Now, I just wanted to take a moment to talk a little bit more about Akira Toriyama and his other works, or in our time limit, just his other works, really. But uh, So, what uh, Dragon Ball Z meant to me is that it helped influence my art style in the late 90s or mid to late 90s whenever it came on TV. Uh, I don't know if that is evident, looking at my Super Milo comic strips or anything, but, uh, so I just really love Akira Toriyama's art style, and, uh, just talking to Zach the other day made me think, uh, and looking up Akira Toriyama, because unlike my, one of my other heroes, Stan Sakai, I've never actually, uh, or Bill Watterson, I've never actually, uh, looked into the life of Akira Toriyama or the other works he's done. Um, <clears throat> so that caused me, you know, to think I'd like to collect, uh, start collecting some of the manga he's drawn, especially Dragon Ball series, but, so today I'd like to talk about one of, uh, his works that I already knew about, that I've owned for a long time now, over a decade, I really can't remember how long I've had it, but Sandland. Now, Sandland is about a, um, well, it, it, it takes place in kind of a post-apocalyptic world, where the world's been turned to sand and water is in short demand. It's controlled by a greedy king. Uh, now in the uh, Dragon Ball Z and the Majin Buu story arc, I believe we... Uh, um, we saw some sort of satanic character. I forget his name. I think it was... Was it Beelzebub? Um, so this might actually be in the continuity of Dragon Ball Z. I'm not really sure, but we have that same character. Well, this series follows the son of this Satan character. Uh, and it's been a while since I've read it, but I really love this book. Um, it stars a human uh, in a supporting role called Sheriff Rao. Uh, the, he asks the King of Demons for help, and the King's son... Okay, so the son is Beelzebub, and that's our main true hero, um, plus a, uh, another demon character thief, um, who looks kind of like a garden gnome or something, uh, this is our three heroes, uh, they go out in search of water and whatnot, don't want to spoil it, but it's a great Akira Toriyama story, I love the artwork. And you can collect the entire series in just 
one manga, just one paperback uh, book. Um, now, as it turns out, Akira Toriyama didn't actually do a whole lot of things other than Dr. Slump and Dragon Ball. And when I say Dragon Ball, you know, I'm including Z and and just everything included in that. Uh, not necessarily GT, he is writing super, but not drawing super. Uh, mostly Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, um, but it is his creation. I'm not sure exactly how much he helped on GT, but I feel like it wasn't a whole lot, maybe? Anyway, um, but I'll save talking about that for a future thing. Another thing that Kiri Toriyama did that I love even more than Sandland is not a manga, it's a video game. It's Chrono Trigger. He did the art design for the characters and, the, and I think the world for Chrono Trigger, and it's really beautiful. It's really great. I love this game. I love the story writing. I don't know who wrote the story, uh, but this is just about Kiri Toriyama in today's Japan jaunt. But it is a terrific game on Super Nintendo, Chrono Trigger. It was re-released on the PlayStation with anime cutscenes. Uh, it was on the DS. Uh, I think the DS version had the anime cutscenes as well. And it had a lot of uh, um, extra content actually on the DS. And, and now it's on the Steam Store. I think the Steam Store, I don't own that version. Um, and, and there's an Android app version as well. Um... I don't own that either, so I, I can't say that the anime cutscenes are in those. I can't say that the extra dungeons and other extra items and content are in those. Uh, but I just love Chrono Trigger. Uh, um, too bad it's not a manga that I'm aware of, but uh, I just really love it. It's a, I really recommend Chrono Trigger. Uh, anyway... Uh, of course, there's one giant work that made Akira Toriyama famous and a millionaire before Dragon Ball, and that would be Dr. Slump. Now, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't know a lot about Dr. Slump. Um, it stars a, a little girl robot, I think Ariel. I mean, she stole the show, uh, but it was originally it was about the doctor. I think the... Does the doctor, is the doctor her father or her big brother? I forget. But anyway... Um, so, Dr. Slump, and I think Ariel is her name, uh, guest star, um, they actually guest star in Dragon Ball, the original series, and I think they make an appearance, I've heard they make an appearance in Dragon Ball Super, but I haven't checked it out, because cause I'm uh, only now uh, watching through season one of Dragon Ball Super, the anime, um, uh, I look forward to uh, to that, but uh, seeing those characters again, but just the whole series. Um, anyway, so uh, Kira Toriyama, he uh, he dropped out of college. No, he didn't drop out of college. He didn't go to college. Uh, I think after high school, um, he was struggling with work. He was out of work. Uh, he didn't know what to do kind of down of sorts, I guess, and, uh, so he saw this contest to make a manga, a comic book, and, uh, he kept entering it until eventually he won the contest, I think it was his, maybe his third attempt, uh, and it, uh, so he had a, a couple of published works after that, Wonder Island, I believe, 
uh, one and two, and eventually he created Doctor Slump, and it was a huge hit. It got picked up for a whole series, and yeah, he became a millionaire, uh, according to what I've heard and read. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm glad to get to know more about Kira Toriyama, and I've realized that so I'm getting older that his artwork is not just you know really awesome and something that I want to emulate but I'm realizing that you know he may be one of those comic book artistic greats you know that I need to pay more attention to his work now as an American cartoonist I don't really want my panels and stuff to look like Japanese manga but uh, my panel layouts you know but uh, but Then again, maybe that's not such, a, not such a bad thing. It's just I grew up reading comic strips. So I, I think that I'm thinking more in lines with panel layouts when it comes to comic strips and stuff than, than uh, how some manga artists do it. But uh, I'm just rambling. I'm just rambling. There's nothing wrong with manga uh, panel layouts. I guess, you know, there's just... Uh, not in Akira Toriyama's work, I don't think, but in some mangas, you know, there's some, uh, some stuff that I'm not used to, but, you know, I can really learn a lot from it. Anyway, we have once again surpassed our Japan jaunt, uh, you know, but I just really love Akira Toriyama's art style, and I hope you check out Sandland, and let's check out Dr. Slump together, uh, and anyway, past that, you know... Akira Toriyama's done a lot of one-shots that didn't really go anywhere. He did have, here recently, he had this, like, alien police dimensional, interdimensional police officer character. And I forget the character's name, but that character, he did, I think, 11 chapters with that character. And he's quoted as saying that that's actually his favorite work he's ever done. Uh, anyway, that character did make it into Dragon Ball Super. And that's really exciting. Uh, Kiri Toriyama is really good about stringing all these uh, creations of his into one canon, apparently. I mean, I, maybe it's a loose canon, but it is. Uh, you know, Dr. Slump... The world Dr. Slump actually takes place in, uh, in the same world as Dragon Ball. And the Dr. Slump characters even had a crossover with his original uh, Two Wonder Island stories. Uh, so all that is in the same continuity in Sandland because we see the uh, King of Demons in here, that satanic looking character in the Majin Buu Saga. Uh, since he's in here and is the Beelzebub main character's father, I mean Sandland might actually be in the Dragon Ball universe as well. Uh, in the far future somewhere. Um, anyway, so just really love the character and his art style. He's quoted as saying that his favorite, one of his favorite artists that he grew from, I mean, he, he really was a big fan of Disney. I mean, we all were, weren't we? Disney art, art and movies. But, um, but then he found Ozama Tetsuka. And there's a guy I need to get to know his artwork more because definitely a big fan of Kira uh, Toriyama's art style. I do have one of Ozawa Tetsuka's manga books, uh, Astro Boy. Uh, I do love some of the art in there, definitely. Uh, 
Anyway, so thank you for joining us on Japan Jaunt, and sorry I just keep getting carried away. But uh, we'll see you next time. Y'all take care. Sayonara. My nerds, thank you so much for joining Will and I for this week's episode of the Irreverent Nerds Podcast. Our Instagram handle has changed just a tad. We are at irreverent underscore nerds, plural. That's at irreverent underscore nerds. Facebook fan page is the same. It's called The Irreverent Nerds. So check us out on either of those platforms. We're also on YouTube, just simply called Irreverent Nerd. And if you'd like to leave us a voice message to be included in a future episode, go to anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd. And there'll be a, a button there you can press and record a message for us and uh, as I said we'll include it in a future episode also on that same page you can choose to sponsor us if you'd like either 99 cents a month 4.99 a month or even 9.99 a month if you do that you'll be a saint Uh, anyway check us out Uh, as always I hope you have a wonderful week and you'll be hearing from us next time